Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We bring the praise. Into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you, children of God. I see you all are coming in. We pray you come on in and get settled. This is the day the Lord has made. We are to rejoice and to be glad in it. We thank God for another day added to our lives, another opportunity to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth, there's going to be a day, my brother and my sister, when we won't even remember this thing called this life or this world. God is going to make everything new. He's going to give us new consciousness, new set of memories, just like we can't remember where we were before we were in this world. Understand, we have always existed. Now, you've got to hear that with spiritual ears, children of God. I know we might be whatever our age is, and, you know, we can remember black back pretty close, maybe when we were four years old or five years old. That's as far back as we can, we can remember. But listen to me, child of God. Listen to me, human being, under the sound of my voice. This this is not just for children of God, but this is for uh, any human being that is under the sound of my voice. Not only, and I've shared this with you all a number of times, that we will always exist one million years from now. 
you and I will still be existing. The question is where? My prayer for every one of you, every one of us, is that we will be existing in the presence of God and of the angels. But we will always exist. We are eternal beings. And God revealed something to me just now that I was like, whoa, Lord, that's heavy. But I'm going to have to share it with his people. Not only will we always exist, but God says, tell his people that they tell humanity they have always existed. You and I, before we were created in this world, in this realm that we are in now, we were in the mind of God. You and I existed from the beginning. We just didn't manifest until we were born or until we, we came to life. But we always existed in God's mind. We will always exist, whether in heaven or whether in hell. But you and I are eternal beings. Always, just as God is an eternal being, you and I, my brother and my sister, we are eternal beings. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. Um, we're going to want to take a look at something. I was speaking with a friend of mine from Ghana earlier today. And I was listening at them very carefully as they were dealing with me concerning my sin. And I was just kind of listening. You know, we, we all have sin. We all have flaws. We all have shortcomings. But she was coming from an angle as if she didn't have any. And I was just listening. I was just listening. And the Lord began to deal with me in regards to something we all must remember. Pastors, elders, overseers, bishops, apostles, prophets. Because I was listening. I was like, now, is this... Jesus talking to me is, is is she without sin? Let him that is without sin cast the first stone. I remember that in the scriptures when they came to Jesus with the woman that was caught in the act of adultery and they wanted to stone her and Jesus said, He among you that is without sin cast the first stone. And God began, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, is, is she without sin the way she is coming? But God began to deal with me. And I, and I pray that um, anyone who needs to 
because I I am prepared to repent today in the name of Jesus if I have not done this. And I know there have been times when I have not. And I think if we all allow the Holy Spirit to uh, speak in us, uh, we will all find times when we have not. Lord flashed in my spirit as the sister was dealing with me. The book of James chapter 2 and verse 12. James chapter 2 and verse 12. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Once again, James chapter 2, verse 12, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. And we're going to work today, children of God, off of a theme. Speak and act like. Speak and act like. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our precious Lord and Savior, we thank you, Lord, for this another day. We thank you, Lord, for this another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we have not gathered here in this place for a pretense or for a show. Father, we have gathered to hear what your spirit has to say to the church. Speak to us, Heavenly Father. We have sacrificed our time, our energy, our effort out of our busy days. Days where we have so many things to do. But we realize, Father, that the most important thing for us to do, like Mary, is to hear from you. Speak to us, Heavenly Father. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our iniquities. Forgive us, Father, of the times when we did not speak and act like those who are going to be judged. Have mercy on us, Father, and start us afresh. Wipe our slates clean that we may try to be more righteous, more perfect in your sight. 
We don't want a righteousness of our own. We do not want a self-righteousness. But, Father, we want to be righteous in your sight. We humbly ask, Father, that you do these things for us, and we will continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. These and all other blessings we ask and count done in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. Amen and Amen. Speak and act like. As we look at the book of James, saints, we are seeing the half-brother of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has gone from a unbeliever to a believer. You can read in the scriptures how he spoke and how he behaved as a unbeliever. But now we are looking at how he speaks and how he behaves as a believer. I want to encourage you, children of God, today. There should be a big difference in how we thought and how we spoke, how we behaved when we were unbelievers compared to how we think and how we speak and how we behave now that we are believers. You go back to the book of John, I think it's the either fourth chapter or the seventh chapter when Jesus' brothers, which James was, one of Jesus' brothers wanted Jesus to go to the feast in Jerusalem and they didn't understand why Jesus was going it. You know, when they were not believers, they talked one way, they acted one way, they thought one way. But now that James is a believer, now that James is moving by the Holy Spirit, he's a much different man. Now, what the Lord just flashed in my spirit in regards to how he is working, God is working on you, and he's working on me to get us in step with the Spirit of God, to get us on the same frequency. Now, what the Lord had showed me in my spirit in regards to this was a radio station. Now, most countries that I've been in, they have radio stations. So I think this parable should be applicable to everyone. But when you turn your radio on, when we turn our radios on, 
Sometimes it's playing music we don't want to hear. I know that I don't particularly like country western music. So when country western music is on my radio, I want to turn it. I, you know, I a certain I, I can't do too much with uh, gangster rap music. I, I just can't. Why? Because there is a certain type of music that I like to hear. And I will turn from all the other stations until I get to the station that is playing what I like to hear. You all do the same, I'm sure. Whatever country, whatever nation you may be in, there is a certain type of music, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you like to hear. Every one of us, we all have a preference in music. Well, understand, my brother and my sister, that our God has a preference in music, so to speak. In other words, there is what our God likes to hear, and there is what our God does not like to hear. Just remember, we've been created in his image and in his likeness, meaning that we are a lot like God. God has things he likes. God has things he does not like. God has behaviors that he likes. God has behaviors that he does not like. We will turn, most of us, will turn the station until we get to the station that is playing what we like. Well, God does much the same because God has things that he likes to hear. And he will... Just as we do, we, 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 we will turn or we'll move away or we'll, we'll, until we get to what we want to hear, God will do the same. You say, Apostle, what does God like to hear? God likes to hear his own word. All God wants to hear out of us my brother and my sister, is his own word. Anything else is just like me with country western or me with gangster rap. I'm turning that stuff. I'm turning. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. God does not want to hear it. Any words other than his words, God doesn't want to hear it. Anything we're believing in that is not what God is believing in, God doesn't want to hear it. God won't, and what he wants to hear out of you and me. Just, and God says, deal with this, Robert. Because what God wants out of us, children of God, 
God says, what I want out of you is what I filled you with, which is myself. God filled you and me. When he filled us, when he saved us through and by his Holy Spirit, he filled us with himself. He filled us with the Holy Spirit. Now, God says, Robert, give it to him in parable form. Thank you, Heavenly Father. The Lord showed me this parable in my spirit as I was sharing that with you. If you go in the kitchen in your house, and you fill your glass up with water. Well, you don't want to drink milk if you filled your glass up with water. In other words, you want out of your glass. I want out of my glass what I filled my glass up with. Well, God says he did not fill us up with his Holy Spirit so that we can walk by the devil or listening to the devil. He filled you and I up with his Holy Spirit that we may walk by the Holy Spirit, that we may be led by the Holy Spirit, that we may move by God filled us up with what he wanted out of us. He filled us up with the Holy Spirit because he wants the Holy Spirit out of us. You filled your glass up with water normally because you wanted water. Not because you wanted something else, but because you wanted out of your glass what you put in it. Well, God wants out of us. My brother and my sister, what he put in us, which was himself. The Bible says, if any man speaks, let him speak as an oracle of God. God says, what you talking for so much if you are not talking for me? Why, why are you talking? Jesus is our Lord. That's, this is what salvation is all about. He's our Lord and our Savior. Not just our Savior. Uh-uh. No, no, no. He's our Lord. That means he is in charge of us. He's our Lord and our Savior. Our Lord, tell us what to do. Tell us where to go. Tell us how to do. I shared a sermon here some years ago that if you don't like taking orders, you will not do well in Christianity. You won't like Christianity. If you don't like taking orders. Because Christianity is a kingdom of order and orders, not opinions and suggestions. The Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God. That means the Spirit of God say, I want you to go here. The Spirit of God say, all right, I want Robert Bryan, I want you to go to Nigeria. Preach. All right. Uh, the Spirit of God say, all right, Robert Bryan, I want you to go to, to Kenya. The Spirit of God gives us orders, gives us instructions. And the more we follow, thank you, Holy Spirit, 
the instructions, the orders of the Holy Spirit, the more pleased God will be with our lives and the more blessings that God will bestow upon us. Listen to me, child of God. I don't know where you're from. I see some countries and some nations in here that I don't even, I'm not familiar with. But listen to me. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Our responsibility, our duty is to take instruction from our commanding officer, which is Jesus Christ. What the Lord tells you might be a little different from what he tells me. Might be a little different from what he tells him. Might be a little different from what he tells her. But each one of us are receiving orders from the Holy Spirit that God wants to see us carry out. He has not saved you and me so that we can run around doing a whole lot of what we want. But God says, Robert, tell my people that I saved them so that they can run around doing a lot of what I want. You don't go in the military because you want to do a lot of what you want. You go in the military, in the natural, because in order to do a lot of what your commanding officers want. Well, as children of God, I hope you uh, and I didn't get saved so we can do a whole lot of what we want. But rather, we got saved with the understanding that we will now do a lot of what he wants. Jesus said it like this so eloquently. He said to the Father while he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will. And Jesus said, it's not about what I want, but thy will be done. In other words, it's about what you want, God. It's about what you want, God. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice is that we will yield to what God wants. Because it's not about our will. It's not about our thoughts. It's not about our feelings. It's not about our little, mm, mm. Lord, thy will be done. I pray right now for you, my brother and my sister. Not that you would get a whole lot that you want. I'm not even praying for me that I get a whole lot of what I want. But I'm praying for you. I'm praying for me that God's will will be done in our lives. That God's will will be done in our ministries. That God's will will be done in our marriages and our finances. It's not about what we, what we want. See, some, this is where some children of God make all kind of mistakes with God. Think God is Santa Claus. Ah, give me a new house. Give me a new car. Give me some money. Give me some... Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. God, that will be done. It's not what I want for me, Lord. 
It's what you want from me. Just like our spiritual gifts. You don't get spiritual gifts from God based on what you want. You and I receive spiritual gifts from God based on what he wants. God set first in the church apostles, then a prophets, then evangelists, then pastors, then teachers. God is the one that decides who is going to be what in the kingdom of God. And what the Lord is flashing in my spirit now. Is Moses's older brother and older sister. Aaron and Miriam, or Miriam and Aaron. Moses was the youngest of these children. But God selected Moses to lead the nation of Israel. Remember, Miriam was the one that put Moses in the 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 ark and help i mean in the in the basket while he was a little baby and helped him float down the nile and she watched him until you know uh um uh, pharaoh's daughter got him miriam was older miriam and aaron were older but god chose moses God doesn't always choose the oldest. God doesn't always choose the richest. God doesn't always choose, as in the case of David, the 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 eldest or the biggest or the strongest. God chooses based on his divine selection. Well, God chose Moses to lead the nation of Israel. Million plus people. God chose Moses. Well, Miriam and Aaron let the devil jump in them. They, after the nation of Israel came out of Egypt, began moving in the wilderness, they decided to question God's selection. They began to to question whether Moses should be the leader. They felt like they were hearing from God too. You know, we we can lead too is what they thought. What God did is he struck Miriam leprosy. She had to be confined outside the camp for some time. Aaron began uh, repenting, you know, lest something terrible also happen to him. You say, Apostle, why are you telling us this? What is the purpose the purpose is this, child of God. Let God do his thing. You and me follow his thing. 
God is trying to teach us and trying to get this into our hearts and into our souls and into our minds so that we don't overstep our boundaries. Miriam and Aaron overstepped their boundaries. They got into God's business. See, it's God's business who God selects. That's his business. Our responsibility is to follow whoever God has selected. Throughout the Bible, and the Lord says, share this with my people, Robert. You're helping someone. Praise God. Throughout the Bible, my brother and my sister, you will see God picking one man and everybody else follow. And in the case of Deborah, the prophetess, he picked one woman. Everybody else follow. Our God is not a Democrat. Our God doesn't take votes and be asking for votes. He picked one man, even Christianity. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This movement that you and I have become members of. God picked one man. Everybody else followed. You say, Apostle, who is the one man? It's not the Apostle. It's not me. It's not the prophets. It's not the evangelists. It's not the pastors. It's not the teachers. It's not the bishops. The one man in this movement called Christianity that you and I are part of, that God has picked to lead, is none other than our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the head of the body of Christ. Look at us in the natural. God, God, uh gives us all kinds of examples right through things that he has created. Most every human being, now we know that there are some uh, anomalies, freaks of nature, but most every human being that God creates, most everyone, has one head. One head. Look at us naturally. Got two arms, you know, got two eyes, two lips, two legs, two, two, all sorts of things. But God didn't give us but one head. One head. One centralized place in our physical bodies where the decisions are made. You don't have another head growing outside somewhere and it's discussing with this head whether or not uh, one head. Two arms. You know, got ten fingers. Ten toes. Two legs. All kinds of stuff. Got but one head. God is trying to bring us to a place, children of God, 
in the body of Christ where we move, we operate, we flow under the unction and under the inspiration and under the instruction of one head, one Holy Spirit. Any problem that we have as children of God in the body of Christ, body of Christ, ultimately it's because our head is not being listened to. Either we don't know what he said or we're not doing what he said, but as you study the Bible, you study all kinds of problems that children of God had in the early church. Yeah. And it was always a problem because the body was not doing what the head was instructing, whether from ignorance or from rebellion. When we don't listen to our head, and I'm talking about our physical head, because we can be wrong, but our head as children of God, which is Christ, can never be wrong. This is why it is it is imperative for you and I to strive with all of our might to listen to the Spirit of God. See, the Spirit of God is communicating the instruct. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow, this is this this is all right. The Spirit of God. I was a health and physical education teacher, children of God. For those of you that don't know, for 15 years before God called me into full-time ministry, I taught health and physical education, taught about the body and how the body works. And what the Lord is bringing back to my remembrance is synapses. Synapses. Now, these are little receptors in our body that carry messages from the brain to various parts of our body. The message has got, in order for me to move my hand, the message has got to come from my brain down through my arm to my hand. Now I move my hand. Well, the Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, Father. He operates much like SNAPS. Just as synapses carry messages back and forth in our body, the Holy Spirit carries messages back and forth from the head, which is God, to us as the members, to us as the part. Somebody's got to communicate the message from the head, which is God, to his apostles. Somebody's got to communicate the message from the head, which is God, to his prophets, to his evangelists, to his pastors, to his teachers. Some, some, the message has got to, and the Holy Spirit is much like the synapse. He'll bring God's messages to God's servants. Now, if something happens with these synapses, you know, inter- interference, 
that becomes an interference between the head and the part of the body that uh, receives the message. If something happens to the synapse, then parts can't get the bot can't get the message like they need to. Be there not be any problem with our synapses or with our the the flow of information getting to us from the Holy Spirit. See, this is why and the Lord has this in my spirit, why the early church for the most part moved so smoothly and God was able to do such wonderful and awesome things in the early church. Well, what did God have? He had apostles who sat right under his teaching. For about three and a half years, these disciples, these apostles, these learned ones, they sat right under the teachings of Jesus. Jesus corrected them. Jesus rebuked them. Jesus encouraged them. Jesus, you know, all scriptures God breathed and profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Jesus taught them. Jesus rebuked them. Jesus corrected them. Jesus instructed these disciples. Well, now that Jesus, or once Jesus ascended back to heaven, these disciples now operated in the apostolic or one who is sent capacity. So they began to share with God's people what God had shared with them. And now the people were, be were beginning to change, alter their behavior, alter their lifestyles, and you had the early church moving very smoothly and very effectively. Now, these saints were meeting every day, much like many of you all are. See, here's the thing you got to remember, child of God. If you won't sit up under the apostles' doctrine today, every day, you wouldn't have sat up under the apostles' doctrine 2,000 years ago. Early saints, the Bible says every day, Acts 2 and 42, every day, Acts 2 and 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Well, what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. If you are devoting yourself to the apostles' doctrine on a daily basis today, you'd have done it 2,000 years ago. You'd have been one of those at the temple every day getting your feeding from heaven. But if you won't do it today for whatever reason, you wouldn't have done it 2,000 years ago. You wouldn't have listened to Jesus' apostles 2,000 years ago. You wouldn't have listened to Jesus 2,000 years ago. But my prayer for each one of you under the sound of my voice is that just as you are devoting yourself today to the apostles' doctrine, that would have been your portion 2,000 years ago. That would have been your portion when Jesus walked the earth. These early saints, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. In other words, what the apostles were teaching 
these early saints were hearing that, were replying that, were living that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to prayer, and to breaking of bread. These four things, children of God. You want your church to grow? You want your church to be blessed by God? Because there were many blessings that were upon these early saints. Devote yourself. Devote your ministry to these four things. Apostles' doctrine. Make sure that the saints are getting a steady dose of the apostles' doctrine. Not once a week. Not once on Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday night. No, no, no. People, if you tried that in the natural. If you try to eat like that in the natural, we're not even talking in the spiritual. No, we're not even, I'm not even going in the spiritual on you all. I'm going in the natural. If you try to eat like that in the natural, once on Sunday and maybe once during the week, like some of us have chosen to go to church, if you try to eat like that in the natural, you would physically starve to death. If all you ate was once on Sunday, and once on Wednesday night, you starve. That's that's not enough eating. Well, how do we eat in the natural? See, because everything that there is in the natural, there is a correspondence or a corresponding thing in the spiritual. How do we eat in the natural? We eat every day. What do we ask the Lord for and what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day, this day, not this Sunday, not this Wednesday night Bible study, but give us this day our daily bread. In the natural, most of you all eat every day, unless we're fasting or something like that. But normally, we'll eat every day. And I'll eat three times a day. So, I encourage you, children of God, let us eat spiritually, much like the early saints ate spiritually every day, not every Sunday. That's men. You see, there's a lot of things in today's church. That comes from men. You know. Not from God. It's come from men. And if we come on the scene. And see that being done. See that being done. Then we can start doing it too. Thinking that it's from God. When really. It's from men. Case in point. When we started this ministry. About 16, 15, 16 years ago. No, 18, almost 20 years ago now. We started out worshiping on, with worship on Sunday morning and Bible study on Wednesday night. That was what I had seen as a 
young minister, as a pastor. That was what the church that I was in did. All the churches all around this area were doing. That was what, when we started this ministry, that's that's what I came in doing as well. But I remember one of my daughters said something to me that stands out in my spirit now. But she said to me, Daddy, we need to have something going every day. I said, daughter, you're right about that. You know, we were enjoying fellowship and, and being blessed by the the preaching and teaching of the word. We were enjoying the praise, the worship, and it was just a beautiful, we would, we would fellowship after the service. And she, she said, daddy, we need to have something going every day. Now, well, I didn't have the revelation at that point, that it was already in Scripture, that everyday worship was the way the church was initially set up. I was just going by what I had seen everybody else doing. Now, children of God, there's a lot of stuff that we be doing in church, many, most churches, that we just, because we saw everybody else doing it. Not because it's in the scripture, not because the Lord told us just everybody else was doing it, so we doing it too. Well, shortly after my daughter said that to me, I began studying and came across Acts chapter 2, which describes how the early church was set up and saw that those saints devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. And when I got down to verse 46, Acts chapter 2 and 46, I saw the scripture said, every day they continued to meet together in the temple course. I was like, wait a minute. Not every Sunday, not every, every day. Well, that stuck in my spirit. Sometime after that, the Lord spoke in my spirit and he asked me, he said, Robert, where is it in my word that Sunday is the day for worship? I was like, wait a minute now. Come on now, Lord. Everybody know that Sunday is the day for worship. Now, come on. You just, Lord said, where is that in my word? Children of God, I went from Genesis to Revelation. It was all in the Greek, all in the concordance, all in different languages. I saw where certain things were done on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, but I never saw where the Lord said in his word that Sunday was the day for worship. I said, well, Lord, I don't see where the word says Sunday is the day for worship. Lord spoke to me again. He said, Robert, what does my word Say, I said, well, Lord, 
here in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Now, this is when the church age came into play, children of God. We're not talking about the, the Old Testament law. We're not talking about even when Jesus walked the earth, but he he did it too. But Jesus was born under the law. He lived under the law. He died under the law. But this is when the Holy Spirit had come and filled those believers on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. I said, Lord, it says every day they continue to meet together in the temple court. Lord, again, spoke in my spirit. He said, Robert, go and do likewise. I went before our congregation at that time, 20, 25 of us. I said, saints, I'm not saying that you all have to come. But what I am saying is that I have been in communion with the Lord. And every day that I'm in this country, at, that, at this particular time, we were worshiping once a day. I said, at 7 p.m., I will start the praise, the worship, the prayer, and the word of God will be preached and taught, 7 p.m. daily. Now, we will continue with our Sunday morning worship service, but other than that, every day. Some of the saints said, what, Pastor? Are you kidding don't nobody go to church every day. I said, look, I'm not saying you have to be here. I'm saying that I'm going to be here every day, 7 p.m. Some of the saints were like, no, nah, pastor, don't nobody go to church every day. And I said to him again, I'm not saying you have to be here, but I'm going to be here. Well, some of the saints left the ministry. Some of the saints stayed in the ministry. But a funny thing happened, children of God, and I want to encourage you today. The saints that stayed, the saints that stayed up under the apostles' doctrine on a daily basis, just like those saints in the early church, that were up under the apostles' doctrine on a daily basis. The Bible says much grace was upon them all. The Bible says there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned houses or land sold the, 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 the houses, sold the land, brought the money from the sales, laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to tell us? That going to everyday worship, God began blessing in an exponential manner. I'm here to encourage you, child of God, and let you to know that as you give God more in the way of worship, because God loves to be worshipped, God loves to be praised, God loves for us as his children to come together and to worship him in spirit and in truth. God loves that. 
And when you make God happy, my brother or my sister, God will make you happy. Some of you all under the sound of my voice right today are not happy. Not happy in your marriage. Some of you are not happy on your job. Some of you are not happy in your church, not happy in ministry. See, if you don't make God happy, then God not going to make you happy. But if you make God happy, if we make God happy, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, make God happy. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he, God, will give you the desires of your heart. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice today is that you will make God happy. You will do the things that God likes. Do the things that please God. Boy, you say, Apostle, why? Why you say this? Because I know what God will do. When you do and I do the things that please him, God says, I will do the things. Robert, tell my people for me. When you all do the things that make God happy or make him happy, when we make him happy, he will do the things that will make us happy. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Every one of us got desires. Some of us got more desires than others. Some of us met Many of our desires have been met. I'm telling you, children of God, there are some people that are living this life that don't even want for a whole lot of anything. Why? Because God has already given them, given it to them. If we will please God, God will see to it. That he pleases us. Some of us make the mistake of trying to please ourselves in this life. We weren't created to please ourselves. My brother and my sister. We were created to please God. God the creator will please us. I encourage you today. My brother and my sister. Please God. Find out what pleases him. This is why we study. This is why we enter this word, because we want to find out what you like, God. A man, a man, uh, the average man is uh, understands this concept. Because you let there be a woman that uh, the average man want to get. He going to find out what she like, what kind of flowers she like, what kind of perfume she like, what kind of guy. And he going to do what he got to do. To try to please her. Why? Because he wants to get her. Well, I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. Let us please God. See, that we might get him. When we please God, I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness. He will please us. When we please God, there'll be things that God will be doing for us that Mm. Bible said when a man weighs please the Lord the Lord 
even makes his enemies at peace with him. Some of you all, under the sound of my voice, are being troubled by your enemies. I know, especially in different places in Africa, that's why some of you praying that your enemies die by fire and all this kind of stuff. Because you're being troubled by enemies. But I want to encourage you today, my brother and my, my sister. You please God. God says that he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. I ain't got no whole lot of problem with my enemies. You know, not that I don't have enemies, but I don't have a whole lot of problem out of my enemies. See? So I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. All Listen, all we got to do is one thing in his life. At the end of the day, I know it seems like, you know, a whole lot of things we got to do and a whole lot of, well, basically, we got one thing in his life. Please God. When we please God, everything else will fall into place. Everything else. Speak and act like. Saints, we're going to have to come back this evening, the Lord willing, uh, as we not get into our scripture like we wanted to, not that God did not share a lot of revelation and wisdom with us, uh, but we're going to need to come back later, later on and deal further with our text. Speak and act like. You understand, and i just give you a little bit now. There's certain ways that God wants us to speak as his children. You know, those of you that are parents under the sound of my voice, are there certain ways you want your children to speak? Are there certain ways that if your if your child began speaking, you might give them a spanking or a whooping if they're speaking? Well, because there are certain ways as parents we want our children to speak. Let your son or your daughter come in the house from school just cursing and swearing any kind of way. Most of us as parents would take exception to that because we don't want them speaking that way. Don't we as parents or pastors or elders, we have a certain way that we want our members to act. Well, God has certain ways that he wants us to speak. God has certain ways that he wants us to act. And if he does not see that, just like we would chastise or correct or punish our children, God will chastise, punish, or correct us. 
because we are his children. So, I encourage you, saints, and we're going to come back to this later on today, the Lord willing. We want to find out how God wants us to speak so we can speak that way. We want to find out how God wants us to act so we can act that way. We want to find out how God wants us to think so we can think that way. We want to find out how God wants us to conduct our ministry so we can conduct our ministry that way. Find out. Bible tells us in one place, find out what the Lord's will is. It's your responsibility, child of God. Don't live this life just running around back and forth, just doing what you want to do. We have a responsibility to find out what the Lord's will is. Find out what the Lord wants us to do. Find out what the Lord wants us to say. Find out where the Lord wants us to go. Find out how the Lord wants us to dress. How the Lord wants It's our responsibility to find out what the Lord's will is so that we can speak and we can act like he wants us to. We'll come back. We'll come back on this, the Lord willing, um, later on today. Uh, I will need to get a little rest now, but uh, the Lord willing, we're gonna we're gonna go deeper into James chapter two, verse twelve, and we'll see what what else the Lord has in store for us. I pray for each one of you. The Lord says, pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for filling our mouths, our minds, our hearts with your wisdom. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for speaking to us through us and for us. Pray that your people in the four corners of the earth have been blessed today. Souls that we may never meet physically, but who have tuned in and heard what your spirit has to say to the church. May they be blessed today in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus. Again, Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins, which we have committed in various ways at various times, for we are not yet made perfect. But Father, we, like the Apostle Paul, we press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. We thank you today, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Watch over us as we part 
from this house of worship. May your spirit watch over us, lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness. Father, as you do these things for us, we will be most careful to continue giving your name glory, honor, and praise. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let God's people say, Amen. God bless you, children of God. Um, we love you all with the love of Christ. We hope that you have been blessed. We hope that you have been uplifted and edified and encouraged. The Lord willing, we will see you you all later this evening at 6 p.m. This is Apostle Robert Bryant, the Christian Center Church, worldwide, signing out.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.